You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Broadcasting from a hidden rebel fortress long forgotten since the days of the Clone Wars, Commanders Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and their daring crew lead a rebel cell dedicated to bringing you stories of adventure and excitement from across the galaxy. Join them for tales of heroes from the dawn of the Resistance stretching back to the Old Republic. Tales of Jedi and Sith, rebels and Imperials, technological terrors, and fantastic creatures. Legends so great, you won't believe them. But it's true. All of it. So what are you waiting for? Strap in and get ready to make the jump with Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast. Hello and welcome back to Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and with me, Matt, not the crankster, Campbell. Uh, we got the 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 second best smuggler on Batu uh, after Hondo Onaka. Uh, Matt coming all the way direct from uh, uh, Southern California. Um, <laughs> shaky Southern California lately, um, to talk to us about Galaxy's Edge. How's it going, Matt? Uh, bright suns, bright suns, everyone. That is our <laughs> that is our greeting from uh, Black Spire Outpost on Batu. Um, things are good. Things are good. Yeah, we've been a little shaky here, but you know, earthquakes have never really bothered me. Uh, mm-hmm. Having grown up here, um, a lot of people uh don't like them yeah. including my including my wife <laughs> um but i'm like hey i would much rather deal with a 35 second earthquake than deal with a week-long hurricane or a you know yeah. multiple day tornado that's gonna ruin my ruin yeah. my house um but uh other than that yeah we're here to talk about galaxy's edge because i finally have a few minutes to sit down <laughs> uh the first order is not blocking transmissions this morning um so uh whatever you want to talk about we'll we'll talk about awesome before we get into galaxy's edge let's talk about some other california related news uh for Mm -hmm. star wars fans it's been a minute since i have been on the mic to talk about star wars uh in specifically rebel cells we've actually been talking a lot of star wars over on the thunderquack podcast um so for those who may not be aware if you head to thunderquack.com you can check out all the episodes of the Thundercrack podcast in our new format. Um, it, it, the Thundercrack f- podcast is now free. Uh, you can get it every Friday. But uh, if you want to get it early on Tuesday, you can do that by heading to patreon.com slash Thundercrack. And we also have an extended version that's available. Um, the free ver- the early episode is is a uh, dollar um, every Tuesday. For $5, you get the uncut episode which is usually about half an hour to 45 minutes longer um 
and then uh, if you don't want to pay anything, that's fine too. You can just wait until Friday and the regular episode posts every Friday over at thunderquack.com or on podcast services across the galaxy. Uh, I assume at least, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. You guys get, you guys get uh, the Thunderquack podcast on Batu. We do, or yeah, at least I do. Go. There you go. So I can officially say it's across the galaxy. I, I have uh, to smuggle it in. I have to smuggle it in. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I uh, cool. Um. Yeah. So thunderquack.com. We've been we've been actually ranking and reviewing as if they need to be reviewed. Uh, the Skywalker saga. So uh, we've got two more episodes of that coming up. We've done all of the prequels. We've we just this last week. Did uh, finished up the uh, the original trilogy, um, and uh, and we'll be moving into uh, the sequels. Um, not this coming week because we'll take a week off, but we're coming back the week after that, and we'll do two weeks in a row of um, Force Awakens and uh, the Last Jedi, and then in December, obviously, we'll uh, we'll finish out that ranking um, once the Rise of Skywalker has been released. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, man, what's what's everything that's happened since since I uh, I the last time that we recorded an episode of Rebel Cells? I'm pretty sure the only thing that's happened is that they've announced the the dates of Star Wars Celebration, um, which it's August 27th to 30th, right? Uh, in 2020, yep. um, which is a very weird time for. Uh, actually, I guess it's not that weird. I guess I guess previously Star Wars celebrations, the 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 two Orlando ones that I went to were in August, I suppose. Oh, um, in Orlando, I've... which yikes! Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, August twenty seventh to thirtieth, and then tickets went on sale. Um, so sorry if you were waiting for news from us uh, on that one, you missed it. And, uh, and, and four day passes sold out within about an hour and a half, I think. Um, but uh, you're, you're listening uh, to two, two of the guys who managed to get four day passes. So just because, yep. Purely just because, yep. Cause I can't plan my schedule that far out. <laughs> no, exactly. And, and so, um, obviously rebel cells will be there, uh, as media covering, uh, the, 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 convention as we have in the past star wars celebrations um but uh uh in the the new online the the app registration for panels um i got multiple reports that that media badges basically didn't work for that um and my my guess is that you're just not prioritized you're like Jedi Knight VIPs are prioritized first, and then uh, regular passes, uh, and then and then media badges. So if everybody else registers for it, it's like maybe like a hundred media get it. And like the, the great thing about Star Wars Celebration and Lucasfilm and Reed Pop is that um, they're very generous with media badges. I've I've not yet heard a story of somebody getting rejected for a media badge. If you've got a podcast or a news site or whatever, like they are, they are pretty good about it. The thing about media badges is that they don't get you special treatment when it comes to panels or entrances into to like the celebration store or um, or the the exhibition hall or anything like that. They are like you are there as media, which means you are there to cover news 
um, and not get exclusive VIP treatment. Um, people pay a lot of money, a lot of money, nine hundred dollars uh, mm-hmm. American for for international listeners, um, which is a lot of money to to get the VIP treatment, and that is totally. I mean, like celebration is. Uh, it's a business uh, as much as it's for the fans. It's they got to make money. Um, and the like, here's the thing. They have to make money in order to make the thing bigger and better every every celebration. And they do like they I believe that they put that money right back in um, to making it a, a, a better con every time. Read pop it from my money. It they, they do the best conventions. They I don't know if they still do penny arcades stuff, but. But they definitely uh, did in the past, um, and PAX is always great. It's crowded, but great. Um, and Star Wars Celebration, obviously, uh, is always fantastic. I mean, like the convention centers can be a little bit obnoxious sometimes with security guards or uh, uh, convention staff not knowing exactly what the heck is going on. But the last celebration in Anaheim was pretty good. Um, I expect that this one will yes, be even it was. better. I I cuz now it's it's been it's been renovated since since 2015, right? Yes it has. It's looking really nice over there. And uh you know, I've been to a lot of conventions in the the galaxies uh in the galaxies, jeez. Uh it's awfully early, folks. I was on Batu till uh about 3 in the morning. <laughs> um the Star Wars convention previously in Anaheim was one of the best and uh definitely convenient and satisfying events that i've been to um i years ago stopped going to san diego comic-con because it was just it's literally a cluster um it's a mess like the the queues are a mess and the organization is a mess i mean these these cons mostly are run with you know volunteers to set things up and, and really the average person can't figure out how to form a line um and then there's a lot of frustration when you have you know, thousands of people trying to enter in one hall um, and the lines are a mess and everybody mm-hmm. just wants to get in. And, you know, and typically um, the ones in Anaheim here are usually run by Disney cast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so like I think uh, my good my good buddy Ray uh, from Disneyland was one of the guys forming queues at uh, the last celebration, I assume they will be doing so um again this this coming year um so at least disney employees you know have some familiarity with long queues and long wait times so yeah i think uh, i i think that makes such a huge difference um cast members are are experts in this stuff right i mean like (laughs) yeah i always say i i it the, the one of the greatest things about a Disney park is is always um, the cast members and the fact that they're willing to go the extra mile in order to uh, to to make sure that people are having a good time and and that is such a difference um, when you're at a convention where most of the time the the convention staff and this is not a Star Wars celebration thing or an Orlando thing. Like this happens in Vancouver. It happens in Seattle. It happens everywhere. I've been to a con. Um, there's this attitude of like, you're inconveniencing them. Mm-hmm. Right. And which is always so, I mean like that's a, I think that that's an attitude 
in a lot of places. I think that that happens all like all over, um, um, in in all sorts of service industry type jobs, um, that people act like like you're you're really putting them out by asking them to do their job, um, right? And I didn't come here to work. Yeah, and that that to me, I always I always say that like like I no matter what you do, it doesn't matter. It could be the, the biggest job in the world, the smallest job in the world. It doesn't make a difference. Um, you do one thing, right? And like, you might have a lot of duties, but you're responsible, like in, in whatever job it is, you do one thing and whatever that one thing is, you better be awesome at it. Right. Like, and that's just a, like that to me is like a, a, a personal pride. Like it's just a, a, just a pride in your work. Right. Yeah. Um, I always say be the best at what you do. Exactly. Just... Yeah. And that, like that, that at, at Disney, you can, you can tell that that's something that is important on a company level and that it's communicated to everybody. And that in order to be there, in order to stick around, you have to, you have to believe that as well. And that to me is the difference between going to, to a Disney park and going to universal, right? Mm -hmm. Cause at universal, I mean like everybody at universal is, is good, but the, the willingness to go the extra mile isn't, isn't quite the same. Um, mm -hmm. or something like, uh, I'm constantly reading stories about, about, uh, I, you know, I, um, children with, I, I, you know, like sensory issues and stuff like that, whether it's autism or, or something else, um, at Disneyland, having, having a bad time and a cast member stepping in and making sure that that situation is handled appropriately, effectively, and with compassion. And that's not something that happens in a lot of places. Most of the time people just stand there staring, not knowing what to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, that's such a, that's, that's such a big deal. Um, growing up with a brother with, with down syndrome, I mean, like I, it, it, my parents took him to Disneyland, uh, in like, it would have been like, it was before I was born. So it would have been pre 1985. So like, like 80, 83, 84. <clears throat> and, uh, I, he flipped out <laughs> and then just had to like take him out of there. And I think like at the time, probably it, it wouldn't have gotten, he wouldn't have gotten the same kind of treatment that he would today. But I know that today, if he were to go, he's an adult now, obviously, so he can handle it a little bit better. But if, but if we were to take a kid with, with a, a special considerations, like, like my brother had, like it, it, it would be dealt with, in the best way possible so that everybody yeah. can continue having a good time. And that to me is like, like that's, that's what Disneyland, Disney world, any of the Disney parks, that's what they're about. It's guests are there to have fun and it doesn't matter what level you're at. If you're, uh, I, if you're like the CEO, <laughs> the president of Disneyland, or if you are, somebody sweeping up it doesn't make a difference um if somebody is not having a good time and you have the ability to turn that around then then you do it right and that i've 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 never not experienced that um it's 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 always been 
a great experience for me. I'm sure that other people probably have stories, but but from my experience, everybody is always great. Well, you know, when you have tens of thousands of people in your park every day, we can't please everybody, but we definitely try. Okay. Um, kind of the motto we live by now is we're in the business of making magic and, and yeah. we do our best. And we have such a diverse cast where, mm-hmm. um, you know, someone may not get what they want from one cast member, but there's definitely a cast member in the vicinity that will meet their, those needs. And, you know, there might yeah. be a cast member who is either not familiar or maybe even not comfortable with dealing with a special needs guest, but there certainly is one with, within a few feet of that one as well. Yeah. And, and more often than not, those cast will step up and they make that experience, um, you know, 10 times greater. Um, I've, I've witnessed it many times with special needs guests who, who are having issues either during parade or, or fireworks or, or any number of situations. Mm-hmm. And those cast members who either have a family member or just have experience in that field, mm-hmm. you know, step up and they just, they go above and beyond every time. And yeah. it's, it's always, it's always almost to the point of tear jerking to see, yeah how they how they are able to do what they do and turn it around and make those moments great for those guests and it's 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 a sight to see and it's something mm-hmm. i don't see other places you know um you, you kind of mentioned uh universal studios which is which is on the heels of disney all the time mm-hmm. trying to trying to catch up to us but i don't think that um while they may be able to produce something like wizarding world which is which which is, you know, setting the bar high, which which ultimately I think set the bar higher for us with with Galaxy's Edge. Mm-hmm. I don't know that their customer service is on on par, but yeah. I don't visit I don't visit other parks too often because I work at one five days a week. So. <laughs> yeah, the last thing you want to do <laughs> on your day off is go to a different theme park. Yeah. I totally understand. Um, yeah. <laughs> Even though my wife tries, she tries all the time to get me to go somewhere else. Well, yeah. But I'm like, listen, Mary's a junkie, right? Like that's the, yeah. I think it's half the reason she's with you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. yeah. Uh, yeah. She, you're the, you're like the ultimate theme park collectible. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, yeah, it, it, it is it is really interesting to see as Universal does um, try to step its game up in in as it has in recent years. I mean, like I, I Jurassic Jurassic World the ride just reopened um, this weekend at Universal Hollywood, and um, by all accounts, it's an amazing ride. And the last time that I was there in, in two thousand and ten, Jurassic Park the ride was sad. It was sad. Yeah. You could literally hear the Stegosaurus creaking. <laughs> I was so yeah. disappointed because that was like there were there were two reasons for me to go to Universal Studios, right? One was Jurassic Park the Ride, and the other one was Back to the Future the Ride. And Back to the Future the Ride was removed from Universal Studios Hollywood well before I even managed to get there. So that's disappointing. The more disappointing aspect of that is that the ride is still there. And I don't know if it's still still there, but it was still there when I was there. It's just rethemed to the Simpsons ride. 
Yep. But it's the same ride vehicle, and that's mm-hmm. super, super upsetting. Um, which, I mean, like, we rode it, and it was fine, but it certainly wasn't, you know, the DeLorean and Christopher Lloyd and dinosaurs. But actually, <laughs> there is a dinosaur in it, but that's fine. And Christopher Lloyd is also in The Simpsons ride. But um, as tributes to uh the the back to the future ride but like that's one of those things for me that like your universal studios there's a couple of things you can't get rid of you can't get rid of jaws you can't get rid of king kong you can't get rid of back to the future and they got rid of back to the future it just yeah. like you're yeah i it and and obviously not you can't get rid of jurassic park jurassic park is a universal property like you you have to have jurassic park um but yeah, they they got rid of that. But then the Jurassic Park ride, super disappointing, super disappointing. Mm-hmm. There are so many stretches of that ride where nothing is happening, and it was sad. It was yeah. just a sad ride at the end. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, like the 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 revamp looks fantastic. Um, and I haven't watched the full ride through yet. I've only seen pictures. But I actually YouTube this morning. I woke up this morning to a notification on my phone from YouTube that of somebody who's got a full ride through YouTube video. So I will watch that after this, um, and uh, and see what the full experience is. But but the Mosasaurus part looks incredible. But all of that to say that that as much as they've stepped their game up and they created an experience with wizarding world where you go in and you, you live, uh, the, the, the Harry Potter experience. Um, and people within that world are definitely going to be in character and that sort of thing. Like you said, they, they kind of set a a new bar with, with the experience part of it, but the, the, the customer service, I haven't really heard too much about as, as being any different. Um, it's still, still universal and the and the other thing is that like okay so they redid jurassic world they redid a while ago they redid the the king kong stuff um still need to fix that shark but that's fine i (laughs) i they 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 read it they they built the huge new wizarding world experience as far as i understand there's still huge areas of universal studios hollywood that are just lame as they mm-hmm. were when when I was there. One of the yep. coolest things when I was there in 2010 was the Terminator thing, and the Terminator thing was lame compared to anything at, at Disneyland. Um, yeah. Well, the thing they run into, just like we run run into at Disneyland, is, is space, right? Yeah. Florida has endless amounts of space. Um, here in California, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they're... You know, they have a footprint that they have to exist in and that they have to work within. They can't yeah. really expand. Uh, we have a similar problem, but we're in the business of buying things up and expanding if Anaheim is, you know, willing to mm-hmm. to cooperate. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you just look at it the last couple of years for that story. Yeah. Um, but it's a lot of that park is just and and the attractions are a lot of just visual based so like ride motion simulators and stuff like that yeah. with you know digital screens or and and so it, that stuff's all kind of kind of lame um but it's all dealing with with space and it's you know for them they're trying to market their movies and movies 
a lot of times come and go. So like they focused on transformers for a little bit, but that franchise kind of has come and gone a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, and, and in the same, you know, they've got their, you know, I want to say minions corner and then yeah. we'll you know, see how long know, that lasts. Just, yeah. Cause I mean like when's, def- the, when's the last time they released a movie with the minions in it? Despicable me three was like right. three years ago. Yeah. Right. And, uh, so, yeah. Um, I know they, they, you know, in, in when it comes to, you know, budgeting for parks, theme parks, it's, they pumped a lot of money into the wizarding world, which probably took away from everything else. Yeah. Um, and so they, they were just banking on that to draw people in their big thing also too, I think is, is the Halloween season with their mazes and stuff, because I think they really, I've never personally experienced, I'm not a big Halloween maze guy. But a lot of people I talk to really enjoy yeah. the Halloween season at Universal. So that's probably their big draw and their big season. Um, obviously, the Harry Potter thing is their big draw on a consistent basis. But, um, yeah, you know, I'm 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 always just waiting for the announcement that they're going to turn half that park into, you know, Wizarding World just to. Yeah. just to draw people in because they can only uh, which is what they did in florida they just added that new motorcycle uh hagrid's motorcycle yeah. coaster um which crazy crazy internet theory that it was a 10-hour wait i don't i don't know that there's ever been a 10-hour line uh for anything uh other than maybe a star wars movie or a celebration but for an for an attraction i 10 hours yeah. seems a little exaggerated, maybe three or four, um, at the, at, at its peak. But yeah. I mean, if, you know, people love new stuff and yeah. so yeah. who knows? Speaking of, speaking of, of lines and new stuff, uh, let's get into the galaxy's edge stuff and let's talk about first and foremost, but two is not crazy crowded all the time like everybody thought it was going to be it's uh it by all accounts it seems like it's a very nice place to visit at the moment so uh, i guess we'll start at the beginning so we did the whole reservation system for the first for the first yeah uh, month right uh which helped get a lot of people in the diehards the you know the bloggers the everyone who needed to be first yeah um you know and and it allowed us to pace the land so everyone could experience it well i think about on average we were looking at three thousand people um give or take um that may seem like a lot that's really nothing in disneyland standards um how many people come through the park on a daily basis uh on average about 40 to 45 on average um, and it obviously fluctuates depending, you know, in recent years, it's, it's average, a daily average is yeah, probably around 30 yeah. to 40, um, on our peak days, on our busiest days, we get upwards of 70, 75. So like around Christmas um, time and yeah, for sure. That week, that stretch from Christmas day to new year's day yeah. is our busiest stretch. Um, and you know, it, it flows a lot nicer than it used to because it used to ebb and flow like hardcore. So we would hit January and we would have nobody in the park. Yeah. You know, when I first started working there 17 years ago, January, we would maybe have 12,000 guests in the park. Um, now that's in pot, you know, that's a rainy day. That's yeah. a, that's a rainy day now. Um, 
and we don't have much of those. I mean, we've had a lot of those in California this year, but you know, in past years, over the last five years, it hasn't been that bad. Those uh, um, those days are my favorite because being from Vancouver, a little <laughs> bit of rain doesn't stop me. Uh, especially California rain, like like SoCal rain is like. <laughs> like I take showers colder than that. Like, like it, it's uh, yeah, that, that rain is so warm. It's so nice. Um, it, it's a nice refreshing, warm rain. Yeah. So even uh, when, when Crystal and I came in 2010 for our, for our honeymoon, um, the second day that we were in the park, it just torrential downpoured. And, uh, and we got on, um, we got on splash mountain and uh, <laughs> Splash Mountain in the rain, for those who don't know, slows down because they basically have to turn the 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 like the the plumbing system off, otherwise it'll mm-hmm. overflow, right? Yep. So you're running on the rainwater essentially, especially mm-hmm. when it was raining that hard. And we got on we we got off, and I think they closed it about 15, 20 minutes afterwards because it, the rain just got crazier and crazier. But because it was running on rainwater and not the regular system, uh, it was so long. It was so long. Splash Mountain's what? <laughs> probably about an eight-minute ride, I think, probably from start to finish. Uh, that's that's being real generous, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, we were on Splash Mountain. We were just inside Splash Mountain for 15 minutes. Just floating, just like slowly <laughs> floating through, listening to the music, and I was, and it was my first time on Splash Mountain. It was actually like, it was probably my, uh, I think it, I think it might have actually been my first mountain ride. I think, it, I think it might have been, because Crystal loves it, right? So I think like when we, because I didn't, I didn't know which rides I liked at that point because everything was new to me. So it was my first time at Disneyland. So I think that might have actually been my first time going on any of the mountains, and uh, and I was like, is this what they're all like? I enjoyed it, but I was like, this is a long ride, and and then talking to people afterwards, it was like, oh yeah, no, that ride is not long. And then every time I've been subsequently, when we were there back in September, uh, it it was a nice hot sunny day, and we were on and off and 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 done and it was like oh okay that's <laughs> that's a little bit more like it um but yeah it's I, it's so funny we the park was empty that day and i loved it so a rainy day on batu is m- the most i could ask for <laughs> i can't i can't wait to get that i mean like we'll be there obviously next august um and i i, I don't know that we'll manage to get there sooner than that um, just by virtue of timing, uh, with, a with a new kid on the way, I, I, one of the reasons why we haven't had episodes of rebel cells is I've been so busy preparing for the new kid. And, I I, we won't, um, we won't have regular episodes. I don't think un- unless Matt and Cassie have some stuff to do, um, to talk about, uh, Cassie will continue to, to put out regular episodes of, of uh, forces of destiny, but, um, until resistance comes back, I'm kind of, I'm kind of swamped, but I, I, that, that timing Disneyland being the crazy, um, uh, international congregation <laughs> meeting point, um, with, a with a newborn, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not super psyched. <laughs> what with all the diseases and such that people like to bring in there until, until she's been 
properly vaccinated, uh, <laughs> which is about a year after she's born. So that's perfect timing to come to Galaxy's Edge at Star Wars Celebration. Um, I'm really hoping that you guys do a, a, a ticketed event uh, as they did at previous celebrations in Orlando where they did special nights for um, uh, uh, Hollywood studios um, so that uh, so that Star Wars Celebration attendees could come and enjoy the park without the crazy number of people. But um, mm. we'll, we'll see. I mean, like that, it would be great if there was some sort of a uh, an opportunity for celebration attendees to get in there and 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 have some fun but even then i mean like a celebration celebration tends to be about forty thousand people so i don't know what the i don't know what the 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 numbers are going to be on this next one in anaheim in 2020 but i think it's going to be maxed out (laughs) yeah it's definitely going to be maxed out i mean like the fact that that four day passes sold uh, uh sold out in the first couple hours is an indicator that it's going to be a busy celebration. But, um, yeah, I mean like an, all of, I would say all of the people who bought four day passes are definitely down to go to star Wars land. And I think that there's probably a lot of people like me that are going like, well, I can wait, I can wait a year. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I can't, I am like, like itching uh, to get in there. But, um, and, and every time I read a news story that is like star Wars land is surprisingly empty. I'm like, cool, cool, cool. Just keep rubbing it in my face. That's fine. Um, Cause the whole thing is like, we were like, well, we're not going to go down for opening or cause it's going to be, it's going to be crazy. And then the reservation system thing happened and it was like, well, maybe, and then the four-hour thing is like, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fly all the way down to California for four hours in Star Wars Land, right? Mm-hmm. To just have to fly back. If I could have done a whole day in Galaxy's Edge, then, 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 yeah, that, then, then I probably would have figured it out. But yeah, for for four hours, it was like that's that's an expensive trip for four hours. Um, but then, but even then, like now, I I apparently could just come down this weekend and and have a nice time. So yes, and, and apparently it's it's the whole park. It's not just Galaxy's Edge. But mm-hmm. but what I've been reading is that just the fact that you open up that much more area in the park, you add another e-ticket ride being uh, the Smuggler's Run, the 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 Millennium Falcon ride. Um, and everything else mellows out. And and the thing I'm really excited for is when uh, uh, Rise of the Resistance opens and you have two e-ticket rides in Galaxy's Edge and how like getting on Space Mountain or or uh, the Matterhorn or and if the Matterhorn's even up and running. Um, it hasn't been the last two times that I've come to visit, <laughs> even though those visits were two years apart. It's fine. That's you. <laughs> not, I'm not I'm not mad about it or anything. It's fine. Um, but uh, yeah, like like those those other e-ticket rides, uh, Indiana Jones, they're all going to be super easy to get onto, mm-hmm. um, which is really cool. I mean, like, uh, I it's I, you guys have done a lot of work in the last two years to to fix that stuff up right i mean like the mm-hmm. whole the whole uh castle renovation and everything was to improve 
traffic flow and and all that and it's uh it's it's clear like clearly it, it's working like everything that they did um is making it a better experience in the park for everybody so that's awesome i mean it, the the very fact that that a you open up that much land like i said and b you've now got uh especially now that reservations are over you've got a full circuit that you can do around uh around rivers of america right because previously if you went down to critter country it's a dead end and it's not yes. a dead end anymore now that's another path into galaxy's edge um and and out of galaxy's edge so you're gonna have people f- making their way into it. Cr- critter country was always the part of the park for me that w- that it was like if you want to get away from the crowd for a few minutes there's um the area by the train station in New Orleans Square that is always a little bit more dead than anywhere else, and then Critter Country is always mm-hmm. is always uh, uh, nice and relaxed. You just go into the, the 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 Winnie the Pooh gift shop over there, and it's like, okay, this isn't crazy. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, uh, it sounds like the whole park is now a much more chill atmosphere. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, you—that's—that's <clears throat> that's definitely a big point of why it may seem even slower is because we opened so much land that's drawing a lot of people, um, and you know we did the reservations and they were great and we were we were trying to drip feed the land to see what we could take. Yeah. Um, and towards the end of the reservations, we added we allowed it, guests to go back in and expand their parties up to five people which we definitely started feeling a crowd at that point. But even then it was still really kind of mellow and really nice. Um, but we weren't really getting, uh, the massive wave that we were hearing was coming. And so we, we had eyes on, uh, June 24th, which was when we opened to the public. Um, and then it was, it just, it just never came to fruition. I mean, we had initial rushes, right? So we had an initial line the first thing in the morning yeah, um, with a big wave that came in. Um, but then it just, and, and they, they, we've developed what we call a virtual queue, which is essentially like a fast pass waiting system. Um, so the minute the land hit capacity, they initiated the virtual queue, which means guests have to go, to designated locations or via the Disneyland parks app and register for a time slot. And they're given a digital time slot and then they're notified when to essentially come to Batu. So we did that for the first couple days, but towards the end of the day, what we were noticing was like 85% of the park visitors had already been in Batu. So they, we just opened it up and let it free flow and it's been free flowing ever since um this week probably because of the hall the long holiday weekend with july the 4th Mm -hmm. and uh we've actually and probably because the word's been getting out that we're a little bit slower things aren't too bad but we've actually been getting a pretty decent crowd um the last couple days and it's actually just been like oh okay so we actually we're pulling in numbers and they've there's other there's other factors in that you know they lifted the block out dates for the cast members families and stuff like that um there's a new um uh um annual pass holder uh price ticket where they can come with a guest for a hundred dollars on the highest park hopper ticket 
which I, which is about fifty dollars off that ticket. Um, you know, there's a lot of questions as to why the annual passes, the blockout dates for the annual passes weren't lifted. There's a lot of you know things that I'm not privy to on that, like legal standings. Um, it's my understanding that, you know, they made promises that these dates would be blocked and they can't change those, Mm -hmm. those things. So they, that's why they initiated this special annual pass holder ticket at a discounted rate and bring a friend. Um, so those all may be impacting why we're getting some guests now, but we're definitely not getting the, you know, the hundred thousand guests that we were afraid we were going to get. But it's the thing about it is, is that, the experience is so much better for everybody that that it's been slow. Like everybody who's come has had an enjoyable time and an experience. And and the thing about Batu is it's it's so tiny in 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 space and you know the marketplace. These are like market shops. Like you you know you feel like you're in a market. They're tiny little mm-hmm. spaces. And if you get you know. 15,000 people in, in, in galaxy's edge that it's not going to be enjoyable for people. And the, um, one of the big, one of the big, you know, crazy concerns that, that guests have had and kind of complaints is that they can't get into the cantina. The cantina is really small and its occupancy is like 120, yeah. you know? And so, you know, they have a reservation system and it opens every morning at seven and it fills up really fast it's, it's no so. it's no different than when uh a new fantasy land opened in orlando at magic kingdom and everybody wanted to go uh do the the be our guest dining exactly right that was yeah. it was crazy nobody could get in you had to you mm-hmm. had to reserve it like a month in advance mm-hmm. um in order to get in there right so yeah and and we do only daily day of reservations. So mm. the system opens at seven a.m. Yeah. And if you get in, you get in. Yeah. Um, as as we progress, like we are learning as we go with the guests. Um, so changes are being made constantly. Like during during uh, the first month when we had the the land reservations, yeah. um, it was kind of first come first serve at the cantina and then like um just a couple days before we opened to the public they initiated this uh dining reservation essentially where you can go on the app and um you know get your time slot to come back uh same thing with savi's um the saber building uh shop is also a as as a reservation and it, Mm -hmm. it it fills up super fast as well it's just a limited it's a limited amount of space and a limited amount of time slots. And so, you know, they can only get so many in at a time and so many in in a day. Um, and so those were the kind of the biggest complaints we were getting because people wanted to experience those things. But people need to understand, like I was telling guests, is like these things aren't going away anytime soon. And it's unfortunate that you couldn't visit them today. But these are staples of this land and they're not going to go away. Yeah. You know, the yeah. the this is our... Uh, wand shop, you know, Savi's yeah. Savi's saber shop is is what we want you to come and do. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's a very tiny space and it's very special. Um, and it's uh, but, for any for anybody who's watched the. I mean, like I watched a full a full uh, experience walkthrough of that, and it is 
you don't just walk in and pick your pieces for your lightsaber and build it and walk out. Like it's mm-hmm. a, it's an experience. It's, it's a ride. Mm-hmm. Like you go in and there's, there are characters that come out and there's a story that's told and it's mm-hmm. a, it's a unique experience catered to the people that are in there. Right. Yep. And yeah. Um, yeah. I mean like for, for, for that moment when you ignite your lightsaber for the first time, um, with everybody else who's in there building their lightsabers, it, like that, it's worth the wait. It's worth and it's the worth price. the price and the reservation. I mean, like that's that's that is actually that's the second thing that I'm the most excited to do when I go there is is Savi's workshop. But uh, the the first is uh, is is getting one of those bottles of Coca Cola. But I, I, <laughs> and then after that, be the easy part, bro. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then after that, I say I set my I set my expectations low, but I. The second that it was announced that that Galaxy's Edge would be an in-universe experience and that everything in the land would be authentic to Star Wars, the first thing I thought was they got to do something about the Coke. Coke branding is everywhere at Disneyland, right? At at a Disney park, like it's obviously it's a it's a major partnership uh, for Disney, and um, and it's great because Coke is way better than Pepsi, so. I, I, it's fantastic. And I was like, what are they going to do to address this? Um, is it just going to be different styled cups at the, at the, the refreshment stands? How are they going to address Coca-Cola branding? And I celebration when they came out and they, and they confirmed my, my hope, which was that as this is a graphic design nerd thing, right? That, that they would essentially rebrand all of the Coca-Cola products as star Wars, Coca-Cola products. I mean, like the, it doesn't, it, it doesn't get cooler than that for me. Cause it's kind of taking several things that I love and putting them all together. Um, <laughs> It's Disneyland. It's Star Wars. It's it's a, a a bottle of Coke on a hot day, and it's graphic design at its best, right? Like, it and 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 branding and and customer experience and stuff like that. Like that's what I do for a living, and I don't get to work with a brand as cool as Coca Cola, but um, it's the sort of thing that that when you work with branding and you work with graphic design, like that's what you dream about getting to do, right? And that Arabesh Coca Cola logo is the coolest thing about galaxy's edge to me and and i know they gave the t-shirts out at um at celebration <laughs> as exclusives but they're they're only in size large i've i've looked at ebay a couple of times uh to see if i want to get one of those but like i'm really hoping that eventually you can just buy that coke branded stuff at galaxy's edge hopefully by the time that i'm there next year uh cuz i haven't seen anything yet right there's nothing yet nope uh, but we are we are constantly putting out new yeah. merch because we are that's the one thing that we are doing very successfully and that's selling merch. We well, have sold so, yeah. so much merch. So much so that like the uh in Tomorrowland where the um what's it called the what's the Star Wars thing that's there? The expo, the launch bay. The launch bay. There's like a whole section of the launch bay right now, right? That's just to go in and buy merchandise. Yeah. So when we uh, when we opened to the public, uh, we opened essentially a pop up shop 
on the second level of what used to be the Innoventions building, which is now the the Star Wars launch bay, um, because Galaxy's Edge is is completely in universe. Um, we still have a very large Star Wars footprint in Tomorrowland because the galaxy. <laughs> there's edge, nothing else in Tomorrowland. <laughs> well, there's that, but there's, there's also only so much Buzz Lightyear branding you can put on that. <laughs> right. Well, and that's all. At, it's all at DCA because of. I'm sorry, Disney's California Adventure. That's because that's where all Pixar stuff is. So, yeah. Um, we there's such a demand for the classic star Wars characters, but they don't exist in the time frame of galaxy's edge. And that's something yeah. we haven't really talked about is the story of galaxy's edge, but it exists in a time frame where Darth Vader is a myth. You know, yeah. he is a legend, so we can't have Darth Vader walking around, Batu in story because he doesn't exist in that gotcha. time and he doesn't exist on Batu. Um, so it's so, only, so it's only, resistance first order era characters right so ray chewbacca kylo ren first order stormtroopers yes so currently and Vi, of course who is the yes, original Vi Mer- created vi meridi who is the resistance spy um who's who will be the star i guess of the uh expanded universe novel coming out yeah in a couple months um so the current, and I use that word current, story and timeline for Galaxy's Edge is post The Last Jedi. Um, the, uh, the, the very stripped down resistance has made their way to Black Spire Outpost. Um, this, that's kind of the story. Um, they're hiding um, and the First Order is looking for them. So currently we exist right after the last Jedi and the timeline um, there, there is, and I don't, the word's not rumor, but what we were told kind of in, in story development and immersion training um, that once the rise of Skywalker comes out, the story will change to meet that as well. Mm-hmm. So the land itself may experience those story changes and and we we may see different things um you know ray kylo ren these are going to be staples of the land obviously Mm -hmm. uh chewbacca um so i don't know i don't know how much the story will change to reflect that because smuggler's run is essentially you know the story chewy comes to uh black spire outpost for repairs uh he teams up with hondo Hondo is running a smuggling organization out of Docking Bay 9. Or, I'm sorry, Docking Bay, uh, I believe it's 5. We have so many Docking Bays. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, and, and so the, he's using, Hondo's using the Falcon to smuggle uh, coaxium off of Corellia. Um, so uh, that's kind of the, the abbreviated story version of Smuggler's Run, but the story is is that's where we live so you can't have darth vader walking around and and people so we get a, early on in the reservations all the diehards came in and everybody loved it and they were all about the story and in in the immersion and you know we on a scale of 1 to 10 a lot of our cast kind of float around a, a 5 or a 6 but we always have those cast members who who were all in you know living at the 10 living at a 10 and, mm-hmm. and the guests just couldn't 
couldn't figure out because we we went through this long immersion training process where we learned to speak and we learned phrases and and you know lucasfilm gave us a bunch of stuff to work with you know we had to build our characters and stories you know we talked about villages and village names and all these things to go along to build each individual yeah. person's story. And sometimes the cast who were really diehards themselves went all in and created these super elaborate stories and used super elaborate phrasing. And the average guest just wants to know where they can build a lightsaber. And we don't talk about lightsabers. So, you know, we try to talk to them in, in Batuan speak, as we call it, and the guests don't get it. So we constantly are telling the cast to like, make sure the guests are getting the information that they yeah. need and don't, don't so much exist at a 10, <laughs> exist at like a five yeah. or five to seven. So that you got, you're still I, in universe. Yeah. And I think you gotta, you gotta gauge it, right? Like you gotta, yeah. you gotta start the interaction at a five. And if somebody like mm-hmm. me walks up to you and says, bright suns uh-huh. <laughs> to greet right and is like yeah. and starts talking using all of the code at that point you can go into like like what do you what do you mean a lightsaber like uh jedi right. jedi are legends like that's not they, yeah. they we've never seen a jedi <clears throat> you can't you can't you can't just walk into a shop and buy a lightsaber that's ridiculous right yeah. um i and, mean right now so- you actually literally can't just walk into a shop and buy a lightsaber because you need a reservation for salvi's workshop and most well, that's of not the, entirely true <laughs> well most of, okay most of the most of the what the what do they call them the legacy sabers that's yeah are sold out right saber. now right <laughs> uh, you, you they get, come and go yeah. in waves um you know the merch is the merch is selling a lot faster than we ever anticipated. Yeah. Um. And so a lot of the stuff's on back order. the The big the big item that's currently sold out is the Kyber crystals. Yeah. And it was it was the one item. So so Doc Ondar's we haven't talked about it yet is yeah. is possibly one of my favorite shops. Doc Ondar's Antiquities, um, is where you can get various items that are of kind of special nature. So this is very much in the same vein as like the wand shop and Savi's um, doc on deals in like hyper crystals and holocrons, which wasn't a big draw initially for the first couple. Uh, I don't want to say weeks, but days of the land being open because the hot item was, was Savi's saber shop. And what people didn't realize is they were selling Kyber crystals of various colors and holocrons at Doc Ondar's. And I, of course, loved this, and I bought them immediately. Um, but once people caught on um, that these things were special, they were selling, they were flying off the shelves. And part yeah. of it is is that, um, and, and I even learned this recently, is that there are multiple versions of each color kyber crystal. So let's take green, for example. So if you go and buy a, a green kyber crystal, you could get Yoda, or you could get Qui-Gon. Um, I forget who the third one is. It might be um, it might be Luke. Um, I know that if you get a blue one, you might get Obi-Wan. I've heard you might get Anakin or Rey. Or um, uh, I, I have old Luke, which is kind of weird because it's a blue kyber crystal. And I feel like old Luke would have recorded his messages on his green kyber crystal, but I, I digress. Um, it's the last Jedi say, connection, right? Like that's the, right. the, the end of the movie. But, um, yeah. <clears throat> so those items, once people found out that there was 
oh, multiple kind of mystery bag style version of this. They were just buying handfuls of each. And so they just were flying off the shelves, especially the red ones, because there's the mysterious random obsidian crystal um, that everybody was just dying to get their hands on. I fortunately was one of the lucky ones to get my hands on it, um, which I didn't realize was such a which was such a hot item until I was talking to Matt Martin on Twitter and it literally lit my Twitter on fire and I was getting DM'd like consistently, uh, for a couple of days. Um, but yeah, so those items have, have sold out currently. They are, they will be back at some point. The holocrons yeah. are still there, but the crystals have sold out. I just, um, I just, all... I just took a look on eBay and a white Kyber crystal is currently at $170 Canadian with three bids. So that's a real number. That's not somebody saying like, oh, I want 150 bucks for this. That's people actually bidding on a white Kyber crystal. I mean, there's I've, a... I've had... Go ahead. Go ahead. I've, I've had people DM me uh, offering to pay hundreds of dollars for the the, the various Kyber crystals yeah. I have. And I... I will not as as tempting as that is i would not part ways with them um it's something that is, as a fanboy has brought me just bountiful amounts of joy yeah. <laughs> the kyber the holocrons i personally for me were so much more than uh a part of the experience than just building a saber like the saber build is cool and the experience like for the price point i'll tell the guests like if you're ever questioning the $200 price point, I'm going to break it down to you real easy. What does a legacy cyber saber cost you on average? $100. So there's half that price right there. You also get a very limited edition exclusive to Savi's Workshop um, pin. That's probably about $20 right there. Mm-hmm. You get a saber sheath to carry your saber around on you. That's probably another $20 to $30 right there. And then, you know, the experience alone, um, it is a show. You are in the show. Yeah. And this is a a ceremony. You are building your saber, your saber. It is personally to you. And 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 what is that worth to you? So if you compare it to something like the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique where you get dressed up as a princess, you know, what are we paying? What are you gonna pay for that? So you are on a it, if you break it down by what you're getting out of that experience, yeah, it's it's worth the price point, and that's the reason why it's selling out. It's such an experience. But a lot of people went to that first, and 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 I was gunning for the the kyber crystals and yeah. the holocrons because I love information and I'm a nerd, and and some of those crystals have new exclusive information on them, which is pretty neat. Some of them, you know, some of them are just regurgitated information you know typical things that we hear from yoda um but the you know the white the white kyber crystal i don't know if i want to spoil it who's on it but um definitely had some interesting story uh information regarding the 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 character that is within that kyber crystal and so and there's also some little tricks if you take the two if you take the sith holocron and the and the jedi holocron and you put them together there's definitely an easter egg um dave filoni easter eggs are all over betu um the amount of like it, it makes me happy to see how much rebels and clone wars stuff is integrated into the land because it's actually yeah 
it's actually for the first time where you're just like, okay, so these things do come together on a, on a different level. So, well, and I, I think, I think one of the things that we'll see, um, this fall is going to be really interesting because we've got three things all at once in this fall winter, right? We have resistance coming back. We've got the Mandalorian premiering and we've got rise of Skywalker and mm-hmm. I really believe that all three of those things are going to transform Galaxy's Edge by the time everybody gets there for Star Wars Celebration next year. I think that they, they, I this is purely my speculation. This is this is um, uh, Matt. You haven't told me anything. This is this is just totally me um, thinking of of reasons why things aren't open yet. And Rise of Resistance. <clears throat> It's not open. There's no uh, announced date for it to open yet. It's just sort of like like it's coming, <laughs> and I think that one of the reasons might be is that is that they they're going to tie that more into Rise of Skywalker, and whatever state the galaxy is in post Rise of Skywalker. Which I I know it's going to be the end of the Skywalker saga, but if you think for a second that Disney wants it to close out Star Wars in some way, you're out of your mind. Um, <laughs> and I think that, that Batu and black Spire specifically, they've already tied into, um, Thrawn alliances, right there. It, Batu is a main, like it's the planet that they're on for a lot of the, the story. Um, they even, they go to black Spire, they go to Oga's cantina, they go to, to, um, a couple of the locations within black Spire. Um, and there are there are in uh, inside the cantina, yeah, um, things that apparently took place in that book yep. that ref- are reflected inside the cantina. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, like, definitely uh, make sure that you've that you've read or listened to uh, Thrawn Alliances before you go. Um, uh, Pirates Price which is the Hondo Naka Millennium Falcon story. If you want to know how the Millennium Falcon ended up on Black Spire, uh, it's in there. Um, and uh, it, the, everything with Chewbacca. And every, every time that Hondo has interacted with Han Solo, Chewbacca, and the Millennium Falcon is in that story, in that in that book. Um, and it's great. The audiobook is narrated by Jim Cummings. It is probably my favorite audiobook of all time for that reason. Um and then obviously we've got the Black Spire Outpost book coming later this year. Um, that'll that is I that's is that a, like a Force Friday thing? I think it's uh, probably. I think it's sometime probably around is. Um, that seems to be like a good marketing choice. This is, yeah, this is this stuff is all connected, right? I mm-hmm. we're building a greater universe. Yeah, thing. Resistance season two specifically will take place during the the time period of the Last Jedi and in between Last Jedi and Rise of the Resistance. Sorry, Rise of the Resistance, Rise of Skywalker. So there will be important information in there. I will not be at all surprised if they end up on Batu at some point on that series. Um, I yeah I I the Mandalorian I I mean like it, it's it's entirely possible that we will get some story elements that will connect into it. Um, there is an IG droid <laughs> on Batu um, that may or may not be related to IG eighty eight, which we know is a, a a 
featured character in the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, like there, there's, and then obviously Rise of Skywalker itself. We have no idea where that story is going to mm-hmm. go at this point. Um, but my belief is that we will end with the galaxy in a in a state of civil war, but that it'll be a little bit more even. Um, right now it's a little bit weighted in the favor of the first order, but we need conflict in the galaxy in order for the story to continue past mm-hmm. rise of Skywalker so that resistance can go five seasons and, um, I, I, they can make more movies after, uh, rise of Skywalker, not Skywalker movies, but let's say maybe some Ryan Johnson films about some other new Jedi, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, other heroes that we'll see. Cause, <clears throat> the the Benioff and Wise stuff might take place in the in the far flung past of the old republic, but a we still don't know that yet. We have no confirmation that that's the case. We don't know anything about their project. Um, <clears throat> and b like if that's what they're gonna do, then that's not what Ryan Johnson's gonna do with his trilogy, right? So we know <laughs> that there are six movies in development right now. Three of those may be Old Republic, um, and and I do I do hope that they are. Although I know that it's gonna cause all sorts of problems in the fandom, because when they come in and they either don't do a story about Revan, or worse, they do a story about Revan. If that trilogy is about Revan and it doesn't follow the beats in the Old Republic video game in in Kotor, there will be riots on Twitter, right? And like in either case, like they're screwed no matter what they do. I would love a story in that timeline, but I know how this fandom has been in the last few years. And it's insane how it has Mm -hmm. transformed into this. Just, just, I mean, like we're talking about a vocal minority. We're not talking about the, the majority of fans, the majority of fans we saw at star Wars celebration. The majority of fans are awesome people. Everybody listening to this, I, I am fairly certain are at least decent, if not awesome people. Um, we have not had a lot of that Last Jedi solo um, negativity in our community, which I'm really proud of, um, and I hope that it continues that way. But I know that the wider um, community out there, and, and this is one of the things, whether they're real or not, I, I it's so hard to tell these days. All the stuff that happened around the election – um, the when when Trump got elected uh, and that campaign and everything and we know the Russian bots that have something to do with that it's that stuff is so much bigger than just discourse around politics and it's it, part of it is creating an atmosphere in in the United States of distrust of um, divisiveness and everything this stuff with the little mermaid this week um the star wars stuff that's gone on in the last few years it's like i know that the internet is a sky of a scum of hive of scum and villainy (laughs) can't talk this morning i know that i understand that there are people on the internet that all they want to do is just cause chaos and anarchy i get that there are things going on within nerd communities with geek stuff that like I can't figure it out because I talk to regular people and yeah, some people don't like the last Jedi and that's fine. They don't have to, they don't like solo and that's fine. They don't have to. I personally love both of those movies. I think they're, they're lost. Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. If you haven't seen solo because 
Alden Ehrenreich isn't Han Solo to you, you've lost out on a film that references the Clone Wars, it references uh, Star Wars Rebels, it references the original films, the prequels, it references Star Wars Masters of the Tereskazi. It is a love letter to Star Wars fandom. And if you can't understand that, then whatever, who cares? You don't, you're not, it's, you, it go, go, go like Star Trek or Lord of the Rings <laughs> or something like go into one of those fandoms because we don't need you here. Like we, this is real. I, I hate saying this is like the, the no true Scotsman thing, but like real Star Wars fans are here for Star Wars and that story is whatever story the people that have been entrusted with telling Star Wars stories are going to tell, right? And, and, like, I think that most people get that. And it's not – you don't have to like it, but you can at least appreciate it. And you at least go and see the movie. Um, and you respect the story for what it is, right, once it exists. None of this petition writing, blah, blah, blah. But it's it, – the Black Spire Outpost and Galaxy's Edge are – proof positive to me that disney knows what they've got they care about that property if only you you can trust if only from a financial standpoint they understand that they have to treat this property with respect in order to get the most capital out of it so you can at least trust that fact that bob Iger is a smart guy and he understands how this works Pumping the brakes on Star Wars and making it a little bit more of an exclusive experience when it comes to the films is not them um, backtracking on stories that got backlash in the in the last two films. It is them looking at something that they were trying to do with that and and recognizing the mistakes along the way that they that they made. Better than Warner Brothers in DC, they saw that they were trying to replicate what Kevin Feige did with Marvel Studios, and it can't be duplicated. It just can't. There is something magic about Marvel Studios and, and the MCU that is ineffable, and it can't be duplicated right now. It, it, there's Whether it's where they started with with John Favreau and Robert Downey Jr. or just in the casting overall of bringing in Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, all of these stars right at the beginning of what would end up being phenomenal careers for all of these guys and and women as well. Um, I mean, Scarlett Johansson's been the most bankable uh, actress in for like the last probably five or six years or whatever. Um like, like that stuff is all such lightning in a bottle. They tried to replicate it with Star Wars, and they 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 started with bringing the wrong directors. They they were going in weird directions with um, the Boba Fett movie that never happened with Josh Trank, with Solo, with the 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 uh, uh, Lord and Miller uh, directing that. They they tried to do something different with star wars and i think what they realized is they don't you don't have 70 years of star wars to pull from that you can that you can play a little bit of jazz with like you can with marvel um marvel is is malleable there are so many incarnations of spider-man already um movies aside just comics i i 
uh, reboot storylines in comic books and and the way that that character has changed over the years cartoon series uh video games there are so many different incarnations of that character that you can come out and you can do the mcu version and people understand this is a version of spider-man superheroes are different in that respect star wars is star wars is star wars han solo is han solo whether you cast alden ehrenreich or it's harrison ford han solo is han solo it's one immutable character you don't have as much wiggle room with it and i think that they realize that and they're kind of going back to basics and going like okay we we need to get better at telling star wars stories before we can start to subvert what a star wars story is which is what people wanted and disney was giving people what they wanted when they heard about rogue one everybody was excited and i mean rogue one still main continues to be uh, one of the the most loved Disney Star Wars movies, right? Um, I don't personally enjoy it as much as other people, but people do love it, and I think because of the fact that it does subvert Star Wars to a certain degree and go into a different direction. But remember the production troubles with that movie and the fact that mm-hmm. they totally changed the third act of that film and they reshot yep. all, all that weird switch that Jin Erso does at the beginning of the third act of that film, when she all of a sudden starts talking about hope and she's princess Leia in a different outfit, like that stuff was reshoots. That stuff was them looking at the movie, testing it with an audience and going like, Oh, this does not feel like star Wars. It's missing something. And them Mm -hmm. going back to more of the star Wars formula. So you have to remember, like as much as we want them to subvert stuff, we also want them to do it exactly the same. Uh, it's it's a really delicate balance, and I think that Bob Iger gets that. He understands, and that's why they're pumping the brakes. They're going to deal with less classic characters, um, which I think we were going to get a whole bunch of classic character stories. We were going to get Boba Fett. We, were, we got Han Solo. We were going to get Obi-Wan Kenobi. I don't think we're going to now. If we do, it's going to be Disney+. Plus. It, yeah, they're looking at a different medium now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and 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 I think that when you do that, I think when you switch to animation, you get more leeway, right? When you switch to a television series, you get more leeway. And we'll see. We'll see how it goes with, with The Mandalorian and Cassian Andor, um, how those series go and whether or not we end up with a with a, a Obi-Wan Kenobi series um, and what that ends up being. But everything about galaxy's edge tells me that disney has full faith in the stories that they've told and the stories that they're planning to tell and how they all connect and they have a plan and and it's all it's already there they built it into the land the fact Mm -hmm. that they built these stories like that they let Timothy's on go off and write Thrawn alliances and told him, you know, just use this planet, use Oga's cantina, just do that. And then whatever you write, we'll put it into the world. Like the Imagineers will take it from there. They'll read your book and then they'll go, okay, put these Easter eggs into Oga's cantina. Right. Um, that is like that they're doing it right. And everybody who thinks otherwise is just, they just want to be grumpy. And that's their choice. You can mm-hmm. go ahead and be grumpy, but I'm not going to do that. I'm gonna love this stuff because they're like it's it's being built for us. <laughs> you know, I mean, the, Matt, you you're so lucky. You get to uh, 
you get to, to pop in and experience this stuff on a regular basis and sort of um, peek behind the curtain and, uh, and see the evolution of it. And, uh, and I'm so glad that you wanted to come on and talk about it. Um, and, uh, and that we could finally find time to do that and give people a little bit of a, of a sneak peek behind the curtain um, as much as we yeah. can. It's, it, I, it's, I know that Star Wars is in good hands because I know that it's actually in the hands of people like you. <laughs> like Disney is giving mm-hmm. it to the right people to do the right stuff. Um, and you are obviously not involved in decision making parts of it, but execution uh, is is definitely something that that you're concerned with, and and mm-hmm. and that that just shows that like at like I said about Disneyland and Disney parks in general it's all levels, right? It doesn't matter where you are in the hierarchy. You got one thing to do and it's make that experience a good experience. Um, and, and that's what, that's, that's what's going on. That's what's happening. You, you, you guys, I, by all accounts, everybody loves it. I have so many people on Instagram that I follow that are there on a weekly basis, just popping back in and experiencing (laughs) stuff over and over. And, um, that to me is is all the proof that you need that Disney gets it. They know what they're doing, and uh, and and it's in good hands. So I'm I'm so excited to to get out there next year at Star Wars Celebration. I mean, Star Celebration next year is going to be awesome. If you mm-hmm. can be at Celebration Anaheim in 2020, <clears throat> you have to be there. It'll be the place to be. Yeah, uh, we will be there. Uh, uh, myself, uh, <laughs> Matt Crank- Cranky, uh, you, uh, Matt Campbell are going to be there. Uh, Tim will obviously be there. I'm sure that Kyle, Tim, uh, sorry, I already said Tim, uh, Jason, um, Carl. Uh, although, you know what? Carl, Jason, Cranky. You're all on notice right now because because uh, <laughs> y'all are hanging out at Rancho Obi Wan together, and I find out I find out via Instagram that Crinky's hanging out with these guys. Come on! <laughs> and I said that to Crinky. I messaged. I was like, "Are you with Jason and Carl right now?" And and he's like, he's like affirmative. And I was like, "All right, okay, I I can get it. You're a cop, whatever." I just <laughs> giving a hard time. Uh, he'll listen to this episode for sure. I uh, and and he's and I'm like I'm jealous. Like I to be honest, I'm jealous right now. And he's like he's like, hey man, this I'm this one's on Carl. <laughs> that's, that's him. He he, yeah. So it's this it's on you, Carl. And I know Carl, you're not gonna listen to this. You don't listen to my podcast. Um, but that's fine. I only listen to every other episode of your podcast. That's that's not entirely true. Um, I yeah I. Anyways, I guess my invite got lost. Uh, it must have been intercepted by Imperial uh, uh, yeah. intelligence agents uh, before those it got first to order guys are running blockades everywhere. Yeah, taking a page uh, out of the Imperial handbook. Yeah, I. Uh, but uh, that's fine. That's fine. I wouldn't have been able to be there anyways. So like, if they assumed like, well, Mike can't be there. It's. I get it. They were planning a Wampus Layer trip uh, with the three of them, with with Carl, Jason, and Katie, and uh, they were in. Like they're in Matt's backyard, essentially. I mean, like he's yeah. in Sacramento. Rancho Obi Wan's not far from him. Uh, yeah. So I get it. I get it. But still, it's it's nice to be thought of. 
Um, so if you guys thought of me, it would have been nice to know that you were thinking of me. Uh, <laughs> I, I think of fine. you all the time. <laughs> that's, that's fine. That's good. That's the, that's my consolation prize is, Hey, uh, you guys can go and have fun at Rancho Obi-Wan, but, uh, I get, I get special packages smuggled off of Batu on a regular basis. These days. <laughs> so who's, who's really winning in this conversation? I, I, I mean, I offered, I offered some packages to everyone and, uh, yeah only only a small handful replied <laughs> yeah um yeah no and obviously thank you so much for for all of that sort of stuff uh that mm-hmm. you do for us um and uh and thanks for thanks for not only uh, uh wanting to come on the podcast to talk about this stuff but understanding that like oh the, the listeners they want to know about this stuff mm-hmm. and uh I, I giving us this opportunity it's uh it's cool it's always good to talk to you about disney and star wars and all that stuff but uh, uh-huh. uh so every once in a while we need to record it and send it out to the to the <laughs> right. larger galaxy um cool uh is there anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up uh no i mean there's i mean we've barely scratched the surface on yeah. on what galaxy's edge is and there's so many easter eggs and if you're visiting or if you just want to know feel free to reach out to me um i am a i am a very busy man uh, on and off the two. Um, but feel free to message me if you have any questions in regards to the land, if you're visiting, what to look yeah. for, what to do. Um, and if you're on planet, feel free to reach out to me. Like I said, I'm very busy um, there, but I am occasionally just floating around trying to sell people's uh, speeders or ECVs <laughs> or scooters whatever you want to call them um if you leave your stuff sitting around i will try and sell it for credits um so it's just one of the one of the many things we do you know around black spire outpost um but but for you mike i mean like a year from now is going to be perfect because we'll not only have all the bugs worked out yeah um but the land will be fully operational um currently uh, like we were saying earlier, rise of the resistance has not opened yet. Yeah. Um, we don't really even know tentatively when that's going to happen. We, we at Disneyland hope sooner than later. Yeah. Um, it's and, such and, a, it is such an ambitious attraction. Mm-hmm. It like, so uh, I, I, it may be evident just from the conversation that we've had today, but I am not just a Star Wars fan. I am a, and I'm not just a Disney fan. I am very specifically a Disney parks nerd. I love this stuff. And I've in the last probably three or four years gotten really, really into uh, the imagineering aspect of it and the, the ride design and, uh, and engineering uh, elements, not just, not just Disneyland, but just theme park ride engineering in general. And uh, uh, everything that has been talked about for Rise of the Resistance this far is like the trackless vehicles that are automated through uh, uh, an immersive experience like that is something that nobody is doing, right? I mean, like it, it it's combining trackless vehicles are exist in on other rides but i i don't think to the level of sophistication that rise of the resistance is going to have and then the interactive elements of it that they haven't really talked about yet that they've just sort of hinted at and we don't know the full details 
I mean, like, because the whole idea is that everything in Star Wars land is, is or in Galaxy's Edge is I, I, it's part of a story that you're experiencing. And obviously, mm-hmm. I, I, um, Orlando hasn't even opened yet. And, uh, Orlando, uh, at Hollywood Studios, it's going to be a totally other thing. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see when it does open how similar it is to California. Um, well, the lands, the lands themselves are very, very similar. Yeah. Like it's, they took the same. So I always kind of joke about it like a roller coaster tycoon yeah. or something like that, where you just, they took the same thing and just put it somewhere else and built it twice. Yeah. Um, it's very similar. There's minor changes, obviously because of the, the land demographic and, and where it sits, but it's very similar. Um, the one thing they do have up on us is they're going to have a completely immersive interactive hotel. And so. that's what, that's what I was going to say. Like that hotel I think is going to change that experience exponentially because, um, and Matt, you and I have talked about it when it opens, we're going to go <laughs> together. Like we're going to make gonna that happen at some point. And I, the difference being that like in, in Disneyland, you're going to go into the land, you're going to experience the land. But then when you leave Batu, you're, you're back in the magic kingdom, uh, in Disneyland. Right. But in, yes. in, in Orlando, you leave Batu and you go back to the space station that you're staying on. <laughs> And the, mm-hmm. and the experience in the story doesn't stop there. And like, I just went to great wolf lodge, right? Uh, you've obviously been to great wolf lodge many, many times and great wolf yep. does a really cool thing. Whether they do it well or not is debatable, but they do a really cool thing with magic quest where, uh, you like, there's a, there's, there are like storylines and stuff like that happening within magic quest that, that your that, that your kids can get into and, uh, and learn about and, and all that sort of thing. If you take that idea and you put it to Star Wars and then you put the Disney polish on it, that is going to be an unbelievable experience. And it's the sort of thing that like, I, like, yeah, you're in Orlando. Yeah, you've got Animal Kingdom. You've got Magic Kingdom. You've got uh, uh, Epcot, Hollywood Studios. You've got all that other stuff to do. There is going to be at least a full day, day and a half, maybe even two days of exploring that that uh, uh, hotel resort and going into Batu and seeing the connections and following storylines back and forth I like I'm I'm so excited for that experience eventually um, it's unfortunate that you have to go to Orlando for it I would prefer that it was at Disneyland <laughs> uh, and uh, and who knows maybe if I uh, if Disney can can acquire some more properties uh, they can they can work on doing something like that but um yeah, I it it's uh it's just like the whole thing is just so crazy. It's so crazy how interactive everything's going to be and and Rise of the Resistance is supposed to tie into that stuff and it's supposed to be like you're you're meant to have a storyline when you go to Batu uh, mm-hmm. as a as a guest, right? Mm-hmm. Not just you are- yeah, like it's like it it's it's all supposed to be immersive and uh 
Uh, obviously not all guests are going to take advantage of that, but as I've seen with, with some of my friends online and some of the people that I follow, there are definitely people who are taking advantage of that. And I don't care mm-hmm. that I'm going in August. I'm going to wear appropriate attire for my trip to Batu, <laughs> and I'm going to, I'm going to dress in universe because I want the full experience. Um, I, I guess I feel I need, I need to say like, uh, look up Disney's dress codes in regards yeah. to costumes before you come to Absolutely. Disneyland yeah. or to Batu, We encourage bounding, but unfortunately we do not allow robes and cloaks. Even though we do sell them, we do yeah. not allow them to be worn. And it's, and it's really simple <laughs> and it's totally logical. You can conceal things within a cloak. You can hide your face in a cloak, especially a hooded one, like a Jedi would wear. That's kind of the whole point. That's why Jedi have them. Um, and obviously that's a big safety concern in a park with upwards of 30 to 40,000 people in it. Um, you just don't want to allow anybody the opportunity to do something they shouldn't do. Um, mm-hmm. Whether that's steal something or it's uh, I conceal a weapon that they shouldn't otherwise have inside a Disney park. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it the, the rules are there to keep people safe. It, they're also there to enhance people's experience. Um, mm-hmm. but the thing is, is that like, if you've got, if you've got a pretty close Ray costume, you can get away with it. I've yep. seen lots of people wearing almost one-to-one Ray costumes, um, going in there. So if you want to dress like Luke in Return of the Jedi, I, I, that's fine. Right. Like that's it. Don't, don't go full on and start pretending that you're Luke Skywalker because you'll get in mm-hmm. trouble if you start taking pictures with guests and, and whatnot. So like there's a there's a fine line there where I think that that you can have fun and you can be in costume in character. But don't don't. It, I think that it's 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 actually not that fine line. It's really clear. No cloaks, hoods or masks. So no stormtrooper <laughs> stuff, no armor. Right. Yeah. But yep. um, and and no no copyrighted characters. Just don't show up as a character that exists within Star Wars already. But show up as a Star Wars character, right? That's fine. Yep. Show up yeah. like like you want to have your whole deal. Um, just uh, just show up as as a regular person. Um, come to play. Yeah, come to play. And remember that the First Order is there, and they're looking for resistance. I I members so if you show up with with resistance logos all over you and a and a and a holster on your side for your blaster you're gonna attract unwanted attention from the first order and you don't want to do that so if you want to be in character you have to go all the way you have to crank it to 11 as a as a guest (laughs) and if you want to be in character you gotta you gotta think how poe dameron would think going to batu he wouldn't have his holster on his side. He, he wouldn't be carrying a blaster because that's going to get you into trouble. Right. Um, so yeah, just think that way. I think, I think that's, that's, that's the tip for the <laughs> costuming to me. And then it's, it, what is it? It's earth tones. It's uh, tunics and uh, pants and boots. Yeah. It's kind of lots of, lots of uh, greens and tans and, yeah. you know, I mean, earthy tones yeah yeah dress like you're somebody who lives in the star wars galaxy but not (laughs) somebody who's there to pick a fight and uh and i think you'll be fine um yeah cool well with that we'll wrap it up 
uh, thank you, Matt. I know, I know, you probably got to start getting ready for work and heading out. Um, yeah, I've got to, I've got to catch a, a Star Tours shuttle to Batu here quickly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, cool. Well, say hi to uh, to to Oga and uh, and 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 Rex in the in the cantina for me yes. uh, if you can today. <laughs> I I thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, as always, you can stay up to date with all the s- latest Star Wars animation news, of which there has been absolutely none, um, other than Galaxies of Adventure or Galaxy of Adventure, which they continue putting out incredible shorts. Um, so if you haven't been watching uh, those, so good. They are sa- so good. Same. Same argument as the solo thing. If you're not watching the Galaxy of Adventure shorts, you are doing yourself a disservice. They are some of the best stuff being produced for Star Wars right now. They are incredible. Um, so, yeah, go watch those on YouTube. Um, the Star Wars Kids on YouTube. I, I it, Stay up to date with all the latest Star Wars animation news by heading to rebelcells.com. Uh, that's cell with one L. Uh, of course, you can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Rebels Podcast, on Twitter at Rebels Podcast, uh, and, uh, and on Instagram, uh, Rebel Cells, right? I'm pretty sure it's Rebel Cells on Instagram. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ArcWolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F. Uh, Matt, where can they follow you on Twitter? Uh, at Old Man Math. Thor, and that's old man m-a-t-t-h-o-r and uh i'm on instagram uh facebook matthew campbell you can find me in the Thunderquack group i am around yeah. um i've been very busy over the last couple months so my presence is limited <laughs> um, but i'm there i can be found usually on anything where mike's at i can be found somewhere lurking around in the background <laughs> Um, yeah so just wait for me to (laughs) wait for me to post and then matt will comment and then you can find him there uh (laughs) awesome yeah all right cool well i of course you guys know that we're part of the thunderquack podcast network you can head to thunderquack.com to uh check out all the other great podcasts in the network including the thunderquack podcast um, and, uh, and if you like what you hear, you can support us in two ways. First, by hitting to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merchandise. Uh, you can pick up some cool Star Wars Rebels uh, themed stuff that I've done over there. Um, Your Kanan shirt fits perfectly in Universe on Bat 2, especially if you get it in green. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's perfect. Uh, and the other way is to head to patreon.com slash thunderquack to kick in with your uh, monthly pledge of support. A dollar gets you the Thunderquack podcast. Five dollars gets you uh, uh, the uncut version, etc., etc. I talked about that stuff at the beginning of the episode. Um, Patreon.com slash Thunderquack. Thank you to everybody who supports us over there. Um, we couldn't do it without you. Uh, and uh, uh, we'll be back probably in the next episode will be another Forces of Destiny episode with Cassie. Um but uh, I think uh, Crinky and I will probably be back to talk about stuff around uh, Comic-Con uh, soon. Uh, that's, that's in about a week and a half. Um, so uh, depending on what news comes out of that, I think we'll actually probably be getting a lot more Marvel news than we will any Star Wars news. There haven't been any announcements of panels or anything like that. So um, I don't know exactly what's going down at Comic-Con this year in regards to Star Wars. But I did note on Twitter yesterday that they've been oddly radio silent about a lot of things um so i would expect that that we're gonna get at least some announcements coming out of comic-con um next week so stay tuned for that we'll talk about that stuff soon um and then uh, obviously we'll be back in the fall with star wars resistance when that's back on 
and uh, and and talking about that and the Mandalorian and uh, and everything else Star Wars leading into Triple Force Friday and the Rise of Skywalker. Uh, but thank you for listening. Thank you, Matt, for joining us. Uh, and uh, we will see you guys next time. Uh, may the spires keep you. Good journey, friends. <laughs>